This is a CQ University Australia podcast, where we talk to some of the university's interesting characters. With over 30,000 readers, CQ University's B Magazine keeps people connected to one of Australia's most supported and accessible universities. Preparation for the 30th edition is currently underway, so to celebrate, I'm going to introduce you to the lady behind the publication. Hello and welcome to Grapevine, a CQ University podcast. I'm Jessica Cullen and today I'm speaking with CQ University's Publications and New Media Officer, Priscilla Crichton. Hello, Priscilla. Hi, Jess. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm feeling a little bit nervous being on this side of the interview table, so bear with me. No worries at all. So, to begin with, um, unbeknown to a lot of people, you actually helped establish the B Magazine publication here at CQU. Can you tell me uh, what existed before B and your thought process behind its creation? Okay. Well, before B, we didn't have a magazine. Um, and um, we did have a, a newsletter that we were running online and previously before that it was paper-based. So um, that was a little bit before my time, but um, yeah. So we didn't have a magazine and um, I think we just had started talking about what new things we could come up with um, and the magazine sort of had to be it. But we wanted something a little bit different. It wasn't going to be your run-of-the-mill alumni magazine where we're, we're plugging the university constantly we wanted something that was readable by the community so we've put together a magazine that's not only for students and staff um, and alumni but our community so you'll find um, the BMAG sometimes when you're sitting in the doctor's surgery or the dentist it'll be on their coffee table so you can pick it up and have a read and hopefully touch wood it's it's something that will touch them as well as um, people within the university. Okay, perfect. Thanks for that. Now, we can all admit that there have been some pretty out there front covers and articles over the years. What has been your most memorable? Well, there's been a couple. I suppose um, we did a Freddie Flintstone cover at one point, and, um, which was quite fun, um, where we'd replicated um, a couple of the characters all over the cover. It was bright and colourful. But um, one that stands out to me was when we were going to talk about cane toads and how um, environmental factors were um, playing havoc with um, amphibians. So we decided in our wisdom that we were going to bring a cane toad into the studio for photographing. Well, that seemed um, to be a little bit more of a problem than we first had forecast, considering cane toads like to jump and move around and um, of course no one wanted to touch it so we're trying to put it on a table get the camera ready and um, photograph it next minute it's off the table around some cupboard trying to yeah anyway it was (laughs) a bit of a nightmare but we got the shot in the end Um, when we decided to put it on the cover we needed it to be about the war on the environment the war on toads so we made it very military-like. We had bombs going off in the background and um, photoshopped a, um, a helmet on the um, toad's head. So it was, yeah, it was a bit of fun. Yeah, I must say it does look very good. <laughs> so in terms of B Magazine articles, um, are there any ones that stand out for you? Wow. Um, well, I suppose there's been, a, oh, there's been a lot that stands out, but, you know, 
I'm actually writing one at the moment, which is quite interesting. I've just actually probably put the pen down on it um, in the last hour, talking about hoarding. So that's been really interesting. Um, and I think that's what we try and do with the magazine, is actually find issues um, that are relevant, that are interesting um, to a wide range of people. And then we try and give our CQ Uni spin in it. This particular article um, is the lived experience of a daughter of a hoarder and her, her life has just been incredible. The stuff that she had to grow up with, um, you know, her sheets weren't cleaned for 10 years. Um, the things that she had to get, you know, she never had a home-cooked meal her whole childhood. It, it, those sort of things um, is extraordinary. And I suppose that's what I love about um, writing and the magazine it's just storytelling, telling someone's life in, in, you know, in a thousand words. It's, it's pretty unreal. And you do have a very good ability to do that. So <laughs> thank you. Now, I'm intrigued as to when your love of words began. Like I said before, your ability to convey a story is truly magical and something up and coming comms professionals like myself aspire to. I understand it all started in high school. Is that true? Yeah, um, I always, I suppose, I had a, a love of writing probably in those early years of high school. I used to dabble in poetry, which was bizarre because I, it wouldn't be something that I would do now. But back then, I would put pen to paper, and I suppose I was inspired by an English teacher at the time. And so I'd write these weird and bizarre thoughts. Anything that would come to mind, it would be on paper, and it you know it may rhyme, it may not. And I used to bring it to the um, dining room table of a night and read it to my family. And they were always very supportive, but I think they might have thought I was a little weird as well. But um, I suppose it started then. Um, you know, English class was a highlight for me, loved it. Um, and then in later in high school, um, film and television was a subject offered in year 11 and 12. And that's where I just went, yeah, you know, something in this world is for me. I enjoyed everything from doing, um, we used to do radio news and t TV news, mini documentaries and um, and just writing, you know, normal journalism style stuff. Um, and I knew then it, it was going to be something in that field. Okay, thanks for that. Now we've established that, let's chat about the people who inspired you and have encouraged you to follow your passion, in particular your parents and step-grandfather, Tom. Yeah, well, my parents, you know, whatever we wanted to, to do as kids, um, they were supportive. You know, years ago, we, my sister and I were both involved in dancing for a lot of years, um, highly supportive of that. Um, you know, I wasn't brilliant, but, you know, they were always on the sideline cheering away. Um, so dancing and, and through high school, there was anything from, you know, public speaking. You know, I went into a lot of public speaking tournaments in year 11 and 12. Um, and, yeah, so they were always supportive of that. Um, I guess uh, my grandfather, Tom... Um, it was my step-grandfather, but I knew him as Tommy. He was a bit of a black sheep in the family. Um, but he was the grandfather I knew and, you know, and loved. And he would come around in the morning. I don't know. He might have gone to the shop for a, for a carton of milk. And he lived, you know, in the same suburb, but not that far away. Um, 
he would come over in the morning and have a cup of tea before we went to school. And we would be sitting around the breakfast table just talking about stuff. And he was an Englishman coming, and he came from an aristocratic sort of background. So he was shipped off as um, a young boy to boarding school all around the world, um, from South Africa to Germany, um, and, you know, learnt multiple languages. Um, I think that love of education and what he was telling me about you know I suppose in my head it was like the Harry Potter world of of um school <laughs> um was exciting and and he inspired in me a, that education could you know it was crucial to to making a difference in your life you know changing perspectives and yeah so I, I suppose I had to you know give him a, a lot of credit for where I am today um yeah, so, you know, university was something that I went on to after school. Um, I studied here at CQ Uni. Um, I was um, the first in my family to actually go to university. Um, my sister then followed um, in, you know, my footsteps, I guess, and she studied here as well. Funnily enough, now I have my two sons will actually are enrolled here as well. My, my eldest is doing his last year in paramedical science and um, my youngest, who has just started his apprenticeship as a chippy, um, he'll be doing his Cert 3 with us as well. So it's um, amazing how being inspired to go to university can change a whole line of family. Mm. So would you say that you have inspired then your sons to well, follow would, in your would like to think so yeah <laughs> um I think they've seen me uh, I suppose you know I've done a second degree as well I've done an education degree since um having the kids so they've seen me study and and seen the importance and I've always stressed the importance of education no matter what form that comes in so I hope I've had the had a, had a little bit of a role to play in them coming here okay perfect so would you say that your, um, you know, your grandfather, Tom, was the main instigator behind, um, you know, why you chose to go to university? Oh, possibly, yes, I, I, I think so. I, I think he played a, a big role in that, it just, just the love of education and, and wanting to, um, to, to move on in that and, have, I mean, and doing something more with my life. So, yeah, I would, I would say so. Okay, so going back to your first degree, can you tell us what you studied and also how your career kicked off after you finished those studies? Sure. Um, well, I, I studied a Bachelor of Arts here um, and majored in communications and journalism at the time. Um, that was the way you did it back then. I, now you do a Bachelor of Professional Communications, um, but back then you actually did a Bachelor of Arts and you majored. So I majored in journalism and communications, but I also had a minor in drama, which my family would say suited me down to the ground, um, which which was the fun, really fun aspect of it. Um, so that was good. So from there I finished, uh, well, actually I didn't quite finish. I actually had about six months of my degree to go. Um, and um, at that sort of stage, I was getting towy and about getting into the workforce. And um, I'd heard that at the time it was very difficult to to break into journalism. 
So at that stage, I'm going, I'm going to get ahead of the pack here. And I'm going to apply, apply, apply. No avail. I had that many rejection letters left, right and centre until one day. The job just happened to, to come up. I don't know where I read it, but I rung up the local newspaper and I said, oh, I heard this job's available. Um, and they said, yep, can you come over right now? I went, okay. I might be okay with this. So I quickly got dressed, went over and had an interview. Um, within 30 minutes, I was starting on Monday. Wow. Um, so at that stage, I was doing some feature writing. Um, and um, later on um, at the newspaper, it was more journalism. And then later on again, it was um, on the subs desk. So I was sub-editing for a long time as well. Okay. No worries. So um, how long have you been with CQ University now? Okay, well, I started here back in 2002. That's been a while. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I've seen a few things here. So, uh, yeah, it's, and it's been great. But um, I love the transfer over into the public relations world because it seems to be uh, a normal transition for journos anyway um, once they've you know fed up with the actual... Um, nine to five and the deadlines and things the close deadlines um they sort of merge over into public relations but um I found it was a good fit for me okay no worries so throughout the years that you've worked um with CQU you must have experienced some uh changes that have affected your role for example you know the growth in digital media can you explain how how those changes have affected yeah, you what know you do? um <sighs> Change in my work life has happened ever since uh, back in newspaper days. When I first finished um, my degree, we were learning um, at university very much a computerised journalism and sub-editing sort of skills. So everything was paginated with computers. I went into the newspaper game and it was old school. So it was back to drawing up, columns, squiggly lines, crosses for photographs on paper. And then um, I remember having text roll out on, on, the, uh, on the comp floor and we would cut lines out because it was over overflowing um, yeah, to make things fit. So it was like a backward step, really, going back into the world. But I had the skill set. Then when it did move um, on then I had those skills and hence that's why I actually got on the subs desk earlier than probably I would have otherwise because I had those skill set. Um, yeah, so uh, those sort of things changed um, within, within the newspaper industry. And then when I got here, um, we were pumping out stories to the media because in those days I was doing a lot with just media release writing and um, we would spend a lot of the day by the fax machine. We would print out the articles that we were going to send and we would just pump them through the fax machine to all sorts of numbers that we were trying to get something published to. So that was a lot of our day. And um, But now, wow, social media has changed that. Um, just technology in general has changed the way we do things, you know, from the basic email. So we're emailing still um, media releases out. But, you know, now we're tweeting them. Now we're putting them on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and all those social platforms that we're trying to reach our audiences. And it, it's been challenging because our, our market has shifted and we're sort of just trying to find our feet in where, how to reach our audiences. So 
it's been fun and challenging. Okay, no worries. So with such a busy work life, you know, and like you said, it's quite challenging. How do you uh, stay motivated and what do you do to recoup? Okay, well, our family have always been a bit of campers. So, you know, when we want to be, just have a bit of downtime, we will just grab the camping gear and we'll just head bush. Uh, we head to the beach or whatever. A lot of my colleagues in our office think I'm a little bit crazy um, because I think they like things five star. But, um, yeah. So years ago, we bought a camping trailer when the kids were little and we went on weeks. We just took off into the scrub for weeks on end. We did a, a whole circuit of New South Wales once um, with the kids were really little. You know, one might have been three years old and the other eight and we would be travelling around in this in this camper. Um so, we, yeah, so actually we started off with a tent and I tell you, we actually quickly went to a camp trailer because um, my husband and I, my, I think Harry might have been very little at the time and we went to Yungala and we camped on the top of the mountain in this tent and Yungala is renowned for raining. So we were on this airbed in the middle of the tent and it was pouring down and um, woke up in the middle of the night and it was like a moat around us. And it was just everything, the shoes and things were just floating around. It was like, you know, I said to my husband, I said, we've got to get off the ground. We can't do this. So we bought a camper trailer and we've had a camper trailer ever since. Um, These days, we're actually trying to step back a little bit. My husband has bought a rooftop tent. So we're actually camping on top of our patrol um so and you know we have awnings that pull out this way and and that way and um so I think he's gearing up for our retirement I think I I I don't know (laughs) we still have a son at home so he gets shoved in the back of the patrol at the moment so but it's interesting and it, it I think camping is just one way of connecting with you know our country connecting with the earth around us because being locked up in a an office all day it it sometimes it can be a bit much so, you know, I just love, you know, having the grass under your feet, touching the sand between your toes or wherever we might be. It's just a time to just reconnect with the environment around us. Good for the soul, I reckon. All right. Now, you speak about your love of outdoors and, you know, reconnecting with nature. Is there a specific reason for this? Because I, I understand that your family is very familiar with the Rockhampton region. Well, yes. You know, um... I am a Rockhamptonite through and through. You know, I've uh, lived here all my life, except briefly went to, we went to Yapoon for six months when I was a kid. That was it, 45k away, big deal. So Rocky has been it. Um, but my mother's family um, have been in the area since the 1860s, which is bizarre. You know, I had to actually ring her up last night just to confirm. I said, are you sure it was the 1860s? And she said, yes, yes, yes. Which makes them actually one of the first settlers in the region, uh, which is, you know, I think uh, the Archer brothers were here in 1854, I think. So it wasn't that long afterwards that um, my family um, were here. They came from Ireland and um, they had properties, um, I think, at Keppel Sands. They were given a piece of land I believe at Keppel Sands, and um, and then there were other bits of the family that have you know had bits of blocks of land around the area as well. But um, yeah, so it's it's quite amazing to think. But I suppose that gives me a bit of a connection 
to the region for sure. Um, and I often wonder, I suppose, you know, you know, we sometimes we've sort of asked ourselves, you know, should we move somewhere else, maybe? But um, we keep staying. Um, yeah, so it's quite extraordinary. <laughs> Okay. Well, that sort of leads into my next question, actually. You know, hypothetically, if you and your family were to, you know, drop everything tomorrow and move, what would be the ideal destination? Wow. You know what? I I think we would, for me, I'd like to go overseas. Um, uh, Ireland comes to mind. Actually, I've got a funny story to tell you about Ireland. See, my family... The ones I, that came to Rockhampton were actually um, an Irish family, and um, I found out just the other day they were from a place called Kildare, or it was a county Kildare in Ireland. And um, we, my husband and I, happened to be over in Ireland back in two thousand and eight, I think it was, for um, his brother's wedding, and he was marrying an, an Irish lass there. So, um, and we travelled over for the wedding, but we got lost. Um, so our GPS had sent us on a wild goose chase and um, we put in this place that we were thinking we were going to and it kept coming around to this abandoned church over and over again. And it was the middle of the night almost and um, I thought, we've got to do something. They're expecting us. Um, we don't even know where we are, so we, we go into this pub and, you know, in their broad Irish accent, we're trying to understand what they're saying to us. And I said, we're looking for this place called Wicklow where there's going to be a wedding there, blah, blah, blah. And they said, oh. I said, we kept going to this church. And they said, you know, with their pints of Guinness or whatever there. And they said, oh, dearie, it hasn't been called that since for 400 years. I'm going, <laughs> blimey. The GPS keeps taking us back to this spot. Anyway... I'm looking back at where our family are from. It's smack bang in that area that we kept getting the GPS circling around, kept taking us back to this church. It may have actually been the same church my great-great-grandparents actually were married in. Wow. Same region. Yeah. Bizarre. We were on the other side of the range. We were like 100k away where we, where we were supposed to be. Bizarre. Yeah, like all the stars aligned yeah, on that one yes, day. I know. <laughs> gave me shivers up my spine yeah definitely all right so this is also a bit left of center as well but if you hadn't studied your bachelor of arts you know majoring in journalism all those years ago where do you think you would be today mm. was there anything else that interested you it was always along the same lines I also applied for film school um at that time um at in those days, it was offered at the Queensland College of Arts in Griffith, um, in Brisbane there, and um, I'd applied for that. I went through to the first cutting stage where we actually had to go down there with, for an interview and give a presentation. And um, unfortunately, they didn't want me at that stage. I think they had 16 places out of probably hundreds of applicants. Um, and little me straight out of school was probably not what they were looking for. But um, I think it probably would have been something in that line. Um, when I was younger, uh, I, I thought about the law, wanting to be a barrister and all those sort of things. But um, it always kept coming back around 
to telling stories. And I, um, whether it be on paper, in a feature article, um, interviewing someone over a podcast like this, or um, in a video clip, that seems to be where it all just keeps coming back to. Okay, no worries. Well, I'm sure CQU is very thankful that you chose the path that you did. Now, looking to the future, can we expect Priscilla Crichton to be involved in the next 30 editions of VMAG? Well, you know what? Well, I hope so. I mean, there's a lot to um, a lot being said about the death of print media, but there is something very alluring about it as well. Um, there's nothing like touching the pages and the smell of the ink, um, and I think receiving a magazine, which our alumni do, they receive the magazine in the mail every edition. Um, it's some, it's a connection, it's an engagement, um, and I don't think there's much like actually the touch and feel of something being delivered directly to you. So I hope, I hope the magazine keeps con- continuing. We'll always have a digital copy as well. So if you're listening and you want to w- have a read of our magazine, just uh, search our website for B Magazine. Um, it's up there as well, but I love the print. Okay. Now, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to the upcoming front front page images if that toad story is anything to go by thank you so much for joining me today um it was lovely to get to know the lady behind b thanks jess like this podcast don't forget to rate review and share with your friends